right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right, we're back. Episode 1515 in the books. Yay, yay. There it is. That's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get right into it. I know we're both uh, feeling a little tired here, so may, maybe a, a quicker Ivan, episode. Ivan, but you, hey, quality you, over quantity. You mean we're feeling old. Call it how it is. Don't, don't, don't lie to the people. Don't, it's don't 924 speak for me. East. It's 924 Eastern. That's old age. That's old age creeping in when you're like, you know. It's 824 here. I, I know. I, I try to keep it on Eastern so that people didn't realize <laughs> the difference. Uh, but 15, Ivan, who, who who should you go to first or only with your 15? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned Dustin Pedroia in the pre-show, who I have nothing but respect for. Very nice person that I've had the pleasure of meeting in passing uh, at work um, a few years back. Nice guy. But uh, I am staying in Boston for my pick. Um, but this is a person who is the – there should be a picture of him – in the dictionary next to the the phrase Boston Celtics. Uh, my number 15 is twice in the Hall of Fame, once as a player, once as a coach. Very possibly could go in another time posthumously as a broadcaster. Uh, it is one Tommy Heinsohn. Ooh, Tommy. Didn't Tommy die recently? Uh, yes, within the last year or so. Yeah, I remember when that happened because – he, I feel like he's one of those forgotten Celtics to non-Celtics fans. Like, people who love basketball and love the NBA, you know the name and you know that this person is in the Hall of Fame multiple times, which is a very rare feat. Um, but then when he died, it was like, oh, whoa, hold on. <laughs> this person was a monster. Uh, so yeah. Shout out to Tommy, man. Rest in peace. So since you stayed in Boston, I got to go to New York. So my, my number 15, I'm going to name three overall but like my number 15 i gotta start with is the man the myth the legend the player and the skipper joe tory joe tory is one of my five favorite managers in the history of baseball you know i grew up cheering for the phillies and the yankees when i was a kid i had a team in every um division so like one team in each division so like it was the phillies and the Yankees, the Eagles, and the Colts, the Kings, and the Sixers, the Flyers, and the Red Wings. And Joe Torre was my manager as a kid um, for the Yankees. And the cool thing about Joe Torre is that I didn't realize how filthy he was as an actual player. Like, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was, like, filthy, though. You know, man, he played 17 seasons, NL MVP in 1971, nine-time All-Star selection. He batted 297 for his career, over 2,000 hits, and over 1,100 RBIs. And then he also managed the Yankees to multiple championships. Like, that's that's different. You know, like, that's something that you would dream up in a Disney movie. He, he was uh, – th- those are two very good picks. I – Joe Torre was always someone I respected as a baseball mind. Um, I hated that he was with the Yankees, but nothing but respect for for what he did. But, yeah, no, I, I think it is interesting, you know, to see because people of our generation, you know, either associate Joe Torre as a manager or in Tommy's case as a homer broadcaster. 
And then you look at their numbers and you're like, oh, no, these people were actual problems on the playing surface as well. You know, Tori's, you know, raking. Tommy's going 19 and nine career. You know, th- these people could play too. So that, I like that pick. You said you had a couple other schools you're going with. Who is showing love to? Staying oh, in the, it. going to the hoop world? I'm going to the hoop world. Got to run to the hoop world. I'm not going to name. Wonder where you're going to go. The multiple Philadelphia sports figures. I'm not going to name them, but y'all can look them up. Some of the greats in black and white. But I got to go to my current favorite NBA player and has been my current for favorite Half NBA man. player for no, 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 no. Current, current, current okay. NBA player uh, and has been for, I would say, the last three to five years. He's been my favorite player in the NBA. I got to go with a man who used to wear number 15. Currently not on a roster, but we'll will hopefully sign on a roster that's contending in the near future. Should we yell man, it together? A, a man who has been decimated by injuries recently, but was an all-pro NBA player. And I will never get over the fact that the 76ers took Evan Turner with the number two pick from Ohio State over DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. Boogie! <laughs> I love DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins, you can argue that the NBA game has passed him by, but the little bit that I saw with him with Golden State, the little bit that I saw with him this year with the Rockets, I don't believe that. Like Boogie out here swapping threes. I have no clue why he got released from the Rockets. He probably asked to be released because that team is absolutely horrible. But Boogie, Boogie, I think it's a bad rap because he's so emotional. And to me, being emotional isn't negative. Being emotional is negative when it directly causes your team to lose. You know, like, I don't care if you get a technical. I'm a Rasheed Wallace fan. But it's what you do after the technical that counts to me. Yeah, I got nothing but love for Boogie. I, I always wanted somehow a trade to Boston to work. And it just never did. They, they, the Kings never bought on Danny's second rounders. <laughs> And then the last person I'll mention, um, well, I'm going to cheat. So I'm going to mention two people, but I'm really going to talk about one. So my top five favorite college player of all time is College Mello. So I got to always throw that out there, number 15. But we're going to go for a half man, half amazing, man. We got to go with Vince Carter. I think Vince Carter, I actually, I'm a, I'm a massive Vince Carter fan. UNC alum, uh, an actual alum, not these basketball alums. He actually graduated. Just want to put that out there. That's what alumni really is. And he graduated during the 2001 Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> against the Sixers. So I always give him credit for that. And he played in the same day he walked on the stage. Uh, but besides that, Vince Carter is a very interesting case. And I hope they do a 30 for 30 on the lack of the, – he might have the least amount of backlash for any superstar athlete of our generation. If you think about Vince Carter and you think about his career, if you take the name Vince Carter away – and you do the same career with Kobe Bryant, with Ray Allen, with Paul Pierce, with Allen Iverson, with uh, any any star who's on the fringe of superstar, if not a superstar in the NBA, mm-hmm. when we grew up, they would have faced so much more backlash than I've ever heard Vince Carter really face. Like, he never won a championship like in, to me. Oh, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought you meant in terms of, like, controversy, but... Oh, no, I mean, like, just what he did while he was on the court. Like, I think that... I think that we give him a pass for not winning a championship, which we don't give anybody else. Like, I don't think a championship means everything, but in the media, apparently it does. We don't really get on him for coming up small against every major player and team that he played against in his generation. Um, we don't give him, we don't get on him enough for having every bit 
of the physical gifts of a Michael Jordan, a Clyde Drexler, a Kobe Bryant, and achieving almost none of what they did in any kind of way. Like, it's, it's almost like <clears throat> we like Vince Carter so much for the excitement factor that we erase the fact that he didn't, even in, even in college, Vince Carter played on bad UNC teams. How do you have a bad UNC team with Antoine Jameson and Vince Carter? Yeah, it's funny because, like, the, the names that I want to put out there for, like, the people that are just loved despite not winning, I, I'm still, like, I feel like statistically they're still in a greater place in their sport than Vince's. You know, like, I was thinking Larry Fitzgerald or uh, a, a Griffey, where it's, like, people mm. just love them as people. But it's, like, yeah, they never really won anything. But then you look at a Griffey and it's, like, well, he hit – 630 home runs like <laughs> he was balling <laughs> yeah well, it wasn't because of him <laughs> or and, you know larry fitz like when larry fitz finally got to the big game he showed mm-hmm. out he showed so. out and we look at him like oh you play for the cardinals we get it like it's and griffey got hurt it's like griffey got hurt and still was arguably the greatest player ever like that's I still i still those mariners teams needed to be better I, I agree. I think the Mariners were going to be the first Marlins, but they got rid of everything, everything one year too soon, as opposed to one year after the fact, like the Marlins do. Like the Marlins did it yeah. perfectly. We won a chip, rebuild. Twice. We won a chip, yeah. rebuild. <laughs> they rebuilt before they won the chip, and it was a it was a detriment. But Vince Carter, I think, is just a curious case, man. Like it's like I can't name I don't know if there was a more athletic player in the history of the NBA. I don't know if there was a more exciting player in the history of the NBA. Like, if you just say, like, flat out is more exciting. There's arguably people who are more exciting. But just saying, like, flat out, I don't think nobody beats him flat out more exciting. He's he's known worldwide because he played in Toronto. He, so that, he has that was cool gonna nicknames. But the Toronto thing, is, do you think that plays a factor? That it's not, like, an American hub in terms I, I of media that- perception? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's he, not like he played for the Knicks or the Celtics see, to the Sixers see, but, type thing. See, but I, w- I would argue that I would say yes if he spent his entire career with the Raptors. He played for the Nets and went to the finals, and the Nets are in New That's Jersey, true. which is basically New York. And then he also, like, was a contributor for many other – like, he, I think he played on eight different teams. He's so it's Orlando, like – Orlando, Phoenix. Memphis. Atlanta. Well, Atlanta's – not really Vince Carter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, that wasn't the same Vince, but we hold the Piston years against Iverson and the Grizzly years against Iverson. Do we? we? Hold, yeah, we do. We don't. Us <laughs> in this podcast, yeah. but they I, hold all, that against he, hey, he was an all-star when he was with the Pistons. Let's not forget Absolutely. that. He played four Absolutely. games, but hey, he still got in. No, he played more than four games with the Pistons. With the Grizzlies, he played four games, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that was no, I, I think it was the year he made it with the Pistons. T Mac made it, and maybe he was still in Houston. But I, I, I like because I bought that. I have that on iTunes. That All Star Game from Phoenix. That was when and, he cut his braids. Yeah, it's when he cut his braids. Mm-hmm. But and I think it was T Mac that they were like he's played nineteen games, <laughs> and he was in the All Star <laughs> Game. <laughs> he was an All Star starter. <laughs> uh, that's insane. That's why yeah, All Star. Alan, Alan Iverson was an All Star starter that year too, and I think he had probably played like a handful more. That's insane. But but like but look at that kind of story. Like we don't even. I think the most controversial thing that happened in Vince Carter's career that we all cared about outside of uh, Toronto because he got booed in Toronto for being hurt 
which I don't think is a good reason to boo somebody, but they feel like he wasn't playing hard. I'm like, this guy's averaging 25. He, I think he's playing plenty hard. But yep. it was when, in 2003, when he got voted over Michael Jordan to start the All-Star game. Yeah. I remember that being a huge thing. And he was like, well, he's like, I got voted in. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I didn't like, and then they were like, give up your seat. And he finally gave it up and he let Jordan start. That was like the most controversial thing I can remember happening when it came to people being like, Vince, you got to do better. Yeah. And his, his career averages don't speak to how great a player he was because he played 20 years and he was, I would say Vince Carter was a top NBA player for 12 of those 20 years. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to be. So he played eight years just being a guy, and that's why his averages are so low. And they're not even low. They're just low for an, like an all-time great. What I'm saying, all-time great, somebody's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is a weird one when you really break it down. I hadn't really ever thought that much about it. It's wild. It's almost like even with so many things at your disposal, he just could never get over the hump of being – like you can even say Vince Carter – at no point in his entire basketball life was the best player, best player. period. Or even you can you can kind of you can argue Vince Carter was never the best player in any conference he was in or any division he was in. That's crazy, especially for someone that you know perceived that great. And, he and over was a seven foot great two talent wise, yeah, yeah. He jumped over a seven foot two center who never came to the NBA because after that happened, he pulled himself out yeah. of the draft. He's like, I'm "Where's gonna... Frederick Vikes these days? Somewhere doing, somewhere doing some ungodly things, probably like Darko Militich owning a farm and being seven foot somewhere. Like that's probably what happened to him. And and Vince Carter doesn't. He doesn't get that kind of. He doesn't get the stigma. And I'm, I don't. I'm not saying I want to put it on him, but he just. He's one of the few. Like I don't. I can't name somebody who's in the same boat as Vince Carter, who had every athletic gift known to humankind, if not more than anybody else we've ever seen. And we've just been okay with him coming up short. There's not a long list. That's for sure. That's because a lot of people got scrutinized. Right. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah, all the people I'm thinking of either did get some scrutiny or they're the case of the Griffey Larry Fitz, um, where statistically they backed up a lot of it. And when they had strong teams, they actually did something with those teams. Yep. Like that's one of those they didn't win the big one, but they they won enough that they were respectable where don't ah, you take any guard, you take any two guard, right? from the Vince Carter era, who was an all-star two guard, and you t- you put them on that Nets team that went to the finals with Vince Carter, and you tell me if they don't win. Kobe. Yep. T-Mac. Yeah. All they're asking you to do is li- – all Vince had to do is go score. That was literally good. Yep. Go score. That's all we need you to do is go score. Yeah, even you fast forward a a D Wade, you know I know I know he was a couple years later, but you know if you were to take Mm -hmm. 06, 07, Wade put him there. I think Iverson would have won with that next team. I think that if you gave him Kenyon Martin, Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn, Richard Jefferson, even Todd McCullough was on one of those teams. It was like yo, Scott, Scott, my my guy, Red Mom, I love me some Scott. Like I really think that. Every great two guard from the Vince Carter era would have won with one of those Nets teams. 
It's tough. It's wild, yo. Like, and I'm not, once again, not trying to put this on Vince, but Vince doesn't get that hate. Like, he just doesn't get it, like, whatsoever. And it's so interesting. I'm like, what, like, why has the media been so kind to Vince Carter, but they're almost never kind to anybody? Or maybe the question I should be asking is, why aren't they kind to more people? I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd be asking yourself that for a long time. But to transition a little bit, to talk about uh, someone, the basketball world got better today. That's mm-hmm. how I'd like to start. Uh, with someone else who probably has gotten more scrutiny than deserves sometimes, but ultimately is a very likable human being. Isaiah Thomas is back in basketball. Yes, sir. 10-day alert. Yep. I already saw him putting up shots, hitting a three uh, earlier tonight uh, Mm -hmm. in his debut with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I'm just glad that he gets to play basketball again. And we're in a new long overdue. Wearing wearing twenty four for Kobe, mm-hmm. but long overdue to have him back in the game. Is well, Isaiah, not, maybe not is, too long overdue, but like this year, I think he should have been on a team pretty much all year. I agree. I think I think it was preposterous that the bubble teams, their rosters got. I think I think, and please double check me if you don't mind. I believe the the bubble rosters got expanded by three extra players when they went to the bubble just in case something happened. He wasn't on any of those teams. It seems like a lot of work, but sounds good. <laughs> like I think that is there is there a more tragic case for a professional athlete and all I'm talking all athletes in the last five years than Isaiah Thomas uh not again it's not a long list if there is you know on on the court off the court you know everything nothing went his way maybe Carl Anthony Towns you know, from a, from some from a life standpoint, but but but, but like Carl's a good 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 call because he lost his mother. He lost Mac Miller, who was one of his close friends. He he plays in Minnesota. Always I feel tough. like those three right there is like uh, like losing your mom is definitely number one. Mac Miller, I'm gonna go to number three is pretty high on a lot of lists. If there was no death, so that's a, that's a great one. But Carl got paid. Carl got paid twice. Twice. Isaiah was going to get paid, if not for some of the injuries. The hip. Do you think Do you think Isaiah Thomas, do you think that there should be something in, the, in professional sports to guarantee a person a certain percentage of money based upon their accomplishments, whether they get a max deal or not? Because Isaiah Thomas literally was third in MVP voting, if I'm not mistaken. He was an all-star. Mm-hmm. He was an all-NBA player. And then he was, he was doing stuff where like the only people on the same list of him in terms of like fourth quarter scoring were the best players ever in terms of like people that were averaging X amount in the fourth quarter. And even though he is, I believe he's my height, five, seven and, and three fourths, but they on a good five, day. Yeah. Five, nine, I think he, he was a liability on some parts of defense. Isaiah Thomas is like a fire hydrant. You're not moving him. Like, he's a thick dude, so he's going to fight over screens. He's going to be there. He gets you steals. He's not going to block shots, of course, but he's going to make it hard for you. Like, I don't like the narrative that just because you're short, you're a bad defender. Like, that's some BS. Yeah, he's a good team defender. Yeah, like exactly. He played his position. He's not Avery Bradley with defense, but he he wasn't. Yeah, but we didn't ask only, him to be either, which is the, yeah, which is the best he, idea. He was only a liability because of his height, but you can't do nothing about that. Like, 
what he was not supposed to try. He's supposed to just be out there and play only one way. And he didn't. Isaiah Thomas played hard. He hit big shots. He never got his money um, the way he should have. And I know we're spilling milk over mil- a multi-millionaire, but that's that's tough, man. That's also how I look at Boogie. That's one of the reasons why he's one of he's my favorite player in the NBA because he never got his money either. Like he he literally kept getting hurt right when he was supposed to get his money. It's like, yep. come on, man. That's why I think that I think that there should be some type of revenue stream for those players who are just unlucky with injuries and don't get the payday. It may not be a max contract payday, but yeah, but almost like some sort of little pension type of payout. Yeah, especially from the cities in which they play. Like if if Isaiah Thomas got one percent of the media contract for Boston if he didn't get an extension, that's a nice chunk of change. I mean, it's not a hundred and forty yeah. something million dollars what I think he was going to get, but. I'm happy Isaiah Thomas is back in the league. I'm happy that he's rocking Kobe's. I'm happy that Iverson, I think, is his favorite player. And I'm happy that he changed his number to 24. I hope that it sticks. I hope he gets a second 10-day. And then if he gets a third, I think it's a guaranteed year contract. So, and the Pelicans are in a position where they can use players like Isaiah Thomas because they're not playing for anything besides development. Yep, and he'll tell you himself, the marathon continues for him each and every day. Mm, That's why I love Zeke, too, because he rocks – some of our favorite players' jerseys when he comes to the to the arena. He loves the same type of people we love, like Nipsey. He acknowledges people like Kobe, not just on a metaphorical sense, but like literally doing the work and, and showing like, yo, this is this is what this person means to me. He's different, man. He he and to this day he has that AI authenticity to him. Yeah. Where it's yeah, like that what still- you see is what you get type of thing, where it's not media buttoned up like he'll let it loose i think a little bit more than some people might if he felt that way but he's just like he seems to be honest about who he is which i can always uh, get down with he's gonna have an amazing 30 for 30 in 10 years Uh, i hope so um speaking of of wearing jerseys though uh there was a jersey drop or announcement drop today that you wanted my thoughts on um so we can transition (sighs) there if you'd like yes went from boston to Boston. Continue. What's new? <laughs> um, this is the City Connection Red Sox jerseys uh, to be debuted the Saturday and Sunday of Patriots Day weekend here coming up later this month. Um, I like them, and I think this is part of why. If you're gonna if you're gonna create a set of jerseys called the City wait, wait, Connection, wait, 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 yeah. But wait, wait, can you can you also explain what Patriots Day is? Yes, Patriots Day is a holiday in New England. Everyone gets off from work and school. Uh, it's when they the running of the Boston Marathon occurs. The Red Sox play at 11 a.m. Uh, that Monday, um, which is a super dope tradition. And obviously in an era in which there's a full crowd, they kind of spill out right not far from the finish line of the marathon. Um, so it's, it's a really big deal, um, in, in new England. Um, why the movie, the Mark Wahlberg movie is called Patriots day. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really big local thing. Um, so much so that it's so normalized that you don't really realize it's that unique until you <laughs> leave. <laughs> like, wait, we don't get mar- We don't get marathon Monday off anymore. Like, what is this? Um, and like, and I, the Boston Marathon, from what I've heard from all my runner friends, is the most sought after marathon there is in America. Like people pretend yeah. like it's not. Boston Marathon is what everybody wants to run. Like that's the one. Yep, it's it is the one. It's super competitive, super super difficult to qualify for it. 
Um, it's the elite of the elite distinguished runners that are, are competing in it. Um, and it's, it's just like, you know, it, it like, like, like I said, it's a local holiday it really is, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, what are you doing that marathon Monday? I say, well, if, you know, for our hometown, we're, you know, it runs through my hometown. So you go take a lawn chair and you sit along the, the path and like, it's just a normal thing that happens. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, like our, our school breaks are designed around it. So it's <laughs> like that, that, uh, Monday off, like they usually just put our school break there. Mm. Um, so it's easier, you know? So it's like it, it, everything is planned around Patriots day. Um, so these jerseys are inspired by the marathon colors, um, which are a, a yellow, kind of like a mustard yellow, um, and, a baby blue. Um, I, th- I think the biggest gripe has been one people that don't understand the marathon colors, which is understandably. So, <laughs> and they're like, that's not the Red Sox colors. They can't do that. Um, or my biggest issue with them is what I told you is the hat. It is a UCLA Bruins hat, like because they use the same logo that we do. <laughs> All right, so Ivan didn't tell me why that was the gripe. He was like, "It's dope, except for the hat." But we'll talk about it on the pod. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing this for the first time too. So you said, it's "Yeah, UCLA. so it's so like UCLA uses I, the same B as we do." Oh, I know, I know. That's it's funny because I didn't realize that at all until you yeah. just said it, and I was like, "Wow, that is a UCLA Bruins hat." I wouldn't look in the inside to say NCAA in it or MLB. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, because like what, what I think would have been really dope is if they had, you know, I don't know if you saw the side of the jersey that has like the runners bib. So it has a like a runners bib on the um, shoulders or on the sleeve of the jersey. I might need to get one seven. That's dope as hell. What the jersey? I might, I might need to. I might. It's gonna burn my. It's gonna burn my my soul a little bit. But I'll just say it's for Casey. I blame you. Shout out to my girl Casey. But yeah, so it's got the runners bib. Like I think that would have looked dope on the hat. Just like a Ooh, runners like right over the six one seven with the six one seven. Yeah, I think that would have been pretty cool. Um, but the reason that I like the jerseys most has been the reaction of people who aren't from Boston. Mm. Where it's like the jersey is supposed to be called City Connection or City Connect. I forget the exact verbiage they use. They're basically still in the NBA's idea for the city yeah. jerseys, the, which is oh, fun. I was like, they're just going to rob the NBA. All right. Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. Uh, but it's all Nike. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's not really robbing if Nike's doing both, right? It's just more oh, money in their pocket, I guess. It's probably Nike's idea to be like, we made a lot of money doing this with the NBA list in baseball. But I, my favorite part is, if it's if it's supposed to be for the city, mm-hmm. I don't like it's. I think it's even more dope than other people. Like, oh, that's ugly. And that's like, no, you don't get it. You're not from. Yeah, you're not here. from the city. You're not from the town. <laughs> they should have called it the town jerseys. The town jerseys. <laughs> yeah, it's a baseball town. No, but it's like that's what it should be. It's the, it's the same way people hated the Mavs city jerseys because they're like it looks like graffiti, but. But like I love it's it. inspired I love by it. a graffiti district in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I love those jerseys, by the way. People, yeah, I'm, I'm on the opposite side the of the Fresh Prince jerseys. Them. Yeah. Well, people hate them, but I'm like, you crazy. Those jerseys in five years, people gonna be like, remember those dope Maverick jerseys? I'm like, yeah, Sorry, yeah, no, but that's Deep Elm. That's down here and, and looks like that. But it's like it, it's so defined to the city of Boston that 
it's uh like you could be a lifelong Red Sox fan in that grew up in Wyoming. I don't know. And in you might Wyoming? not get it. Well, there's no other teams. I was gonna say Denver. That felt like a shot at Rockies fans. It, that um, would have been a shot at Rockies yeah. fans. Well, do they have fans? Ooh, another shot. Continue. But the other thing that I like about it that's kind of a little subtle touch is it doesn't say Red Sox. It says Boston, which is mm-hmm. kind of a, a callback to uh, David Ortiz's speech after mm-hmm. the marathon bombing. Um, Cause they are going to maintain wearing those, the, the David Ortiz jerseys on Patriots day. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the normal Red Sox jersey, but with Boston across the chest. Um, but I thought that was kind of a cool little nod to that uh, to include in the city jerseys as well. Um, you know, yeah. They're fire. You know, you know what I, what I think the hat should have been to make it even more an homage to that area. What's that? They should have just scrapped everything on a hat. Like they should have left it the colors and just call it Patriots. Like literally have the hat that say Patriots. Like that would have been crazy. Everyone called. <laughs> you know the other someone threw this out, and I love what they did. But they were saying, imagine if they just did. Just think about the colored ways on this. If they just did it's the, the old Eagles colors. Color, by the way, I don't know if you realize it's the old Eagles colors. Look and see. Yeah, no, I know. It's because that was another comparison I saw, but. The marathon's been around longer than the Eagles, so it's all good. We're still winning. Not in my heart. Not in my heart. America started in Philadelphia, so everything we do is automatically. No, Massachusetts invented in. America. Massachusetts Grand- invented America. Anyways. Was that? I said what I said. Interesting. Continue. I said what I said. Um, someone was saying they should have used the Dunkin' Donuts colorway, no. which that would have been a weird-looking jersey, but I would have been down for it. Um, but I, I like what they did. It, it, and it, I like that in the vein of the criticisms that most people have had for like the Celtics city jerseys. Trash. Right. Cause there's unimaginative and basic. You know, it's like, I like that the Red Sox went a total left field colorway, something totally off the beaten path of anything they've ever done before. Like, I think it's kind of dope to mix it up. And I hope other, yeah, I'm curious to see what other teams do. For theirs because um, this the is the Celtics, first one that's been announced if the celtics wanted to make city jerseys that really resonated with the city of boston in its history in the nba and its history as a city they should have came with white hoods i was going to say just a picture of bill russell flipping the bird <laughs> <laughs> i like how you try to just go right back to it i did i did his white hoods with 17 on the forehead no, like, but, you, but you can't make it that obvious. You got to mix it in by, like, just making it really Irish. No, nah, the hood's going to be on the back, you know what I mean? So, like, you can flip it up at the, oh, three, at the, at the free throw line, you know what I'm saying? Hey, like, you don't got to wear it, but. Hey, it's not weird. We're just trying to recruit Mello. That's all it's trying to do. You did? Hoodie, uh, Hoodie Mello be like, I can look past it. <laughs> <laughs> 45 again. Uh, I noticed you have a hood on all the time. Yeah, it's working. Crazy. So, what's your name? Oh, I'm not at liberty to say. <laughs> <laughs> you said your name. You said you play for the Wizards. No, I'm Grand Wizard. Oh, huh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'd be sealing the team name from Washington for sure. <laughs> don't worry, they don't have much of a team. Also true. It came with Brad Beal. I, I could be coerced, maybe. Dog. All right. So maybe maybe Bradley Beal is the new Vince Carter. Where it's like, no matter how talented you are, we're just gonna act like it ain't your fault. <laughs> like... I, although with him, Duh. 
You can't score that many points and lose that many games. I don't. No, I don't care. Nobody telling me is Dame how, in that category too. You think? No, nah, Dame. But Dame hasn't had great teams. We have acknowledged that Dame plays on teams where like the team is good enough for him to. When be they great. when they had John and Gortat and, and all them, yes, they should have been winning win more games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it's it's just. It's weird, dude. Like when we grew up, everybody talked so much smack about the free the field goal percentage of the leading scores in the NBA because it was in the 40s, right? Bradley Bill is an amazing, efficient scorer, and he wins 19 games a year. Tell me, and, make it and, and they lose more games than they win when he scores 50. It's cr- dog, it is crazy. Like, it is, and we just like, yeah, it's the Wizards, man. What can you do? I'm like, that's the that's the bar. We're just going to be like. You would really think a major market like that would catch more flack. But they used to when Gilbert was there, when Arenas was there, and he was balling out, and they weren't well, winning that much. He was problematic, and he was easy to write stories about. No, but I mean, before he was problem, when he was like straight up like Gilbert Arenas, when he was healthy, Hibachi, Agent Zero, when he was Hibachi, yeah, and they were like winning enough games to be relevant, but they weren't like winning at a high level. They were like, oh, what can we do to get Gilbert more pieces? Ooh, speaking of um, jerseys, what are your thoughts? I feel like they're very polarizing. Those Gilbert Arenas, the gold jerseys. I love them. I love them. Yeah, okay, I do too. Dude, I love them. I, I, I heard, I heard of, I heard a number of people really hating on them recently, and I didn't get it. But I also like weird jerseys, so maybe that's part of it. Or like cool the, the, the old the nineties Pistons jerseys that so many people hate, like the the teal. Some so, of my favorite jerseys of all time. Yeah. Or I feel like people hated on like the late '90s Rockets, like the franchise Rockets. Where oh, some, like of my, some of my favorite jerseys yeah. of all time again. Some of my favorite jerseys of all time again. The people who hate on those jerseys are the people who think the Celtics have the greatest jerseys ever because they're just blue and white. I mean, green and white, and they're like, look, they're just simple. It's like Penn State. It's like Penn State. Every year when I see like the rankings of the greatest football jerseys, and Penn State is in the top five, I look at them like, get out my face, dog. You don't even yeah, know. That, what that team. was like um, in like the you know like the. Paul Pierce era, we made it, which we may need to talk about Paul Pierce tonight. Um, <laughs> but like the Paul Pierce era, like they would throw it back with KG to like their 60s jerseys. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's the same the jerseys, just like a little bit more curved and the letters mm-hmm. a little bit more separated. And we thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> but they, but those jerseys also, if I'm not mistaken, had like smaller shoulders. Like you could tell that it was something like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, but they like, do away with all their best jerseys. Like, they never should have gone away from – like, they brought them back recently, sort of. But, like, when they were doing the green with the black lettering. Oh, that was dope. That was dope. That was dope. Like, I don't, like, I feel like it was, like, the Eagles wearing Midnight uh, or when they wear all black. It's like, oh, oh you no, don't want to play that team. You don't lose. Like, like yeah, don't you don't want to play that team that night. Or it's like, I, I don't get why they went away from just almost always wearing St. Patty's Day jerseys. Where just the numbers and letters are gold. I really do think it's it, it's it's a it's a product of your success. I think that people were complaining and bitching that those were not the real sets of jerseys. And you, yeah, yeah, and you won so much in the old ones that you can't really justify by not using them. So like a team like, let's see, what team doesn't really want a team like the Knicks, right? They can throw any jerseys out there, and nobody's going to bitch and complain, even though the Knicks are as old as any other NBA franchise. But when you win 17 championships and you won 14 of those championships in those jerseys, it's like, dog, you better put those motherfucking jerseys back on. Like, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Like, I think that that's really what it is. I think that if the Celtics were were the, were the Kings, nobody would care. They'd be like, oh, yeah, throw the same pattern. Throw the gold, Jones. Yeah, yeah, we like them with the gold letters. Like, 
But since you won so much in the originals, they they clamor for those originals, even though it's it's so, so funny, even compared ideas. to other teams or other teams in the city. It's like if you look, you know, like the Red Sox had some really cool jerseys at different points, mm-hmm. like not not like super inventive, but like the like mid 70s where it was just a pullover, no buttons. Yeah, I was like when they started rocking those a few years ago, it was like a 50th anniversary thing like that was awesome. I would love it if the Celtics on their shorts, like even if it was just on their shorts, when they, if they put a stripe on the shorts and they put the parquet on the, on that, like like like, like a, almost like, like a Georgetown, like Georgetown, yeah, kind of like, like kind of like the hints, yeah, kind of like Georgetown, yeah. I would love it. Like they did that with the parquet on one of the jerseys, yeah, but that was, was like the gray. Jersey. It was like that, the gray. Shit, that shit was too much. It was too much though. Like I was like, all right, I get yeah. what you're trying to do here. Like and that, I think that's also why it's bad too because the Celtics fuck it up so bad like it's not even like the celtics kind of sort of change it they go all into the wrong ideas i'm like what are these jerseys yeah, it, in a weird way off? like the most recent jersey no not the most recent jersey because the neon green is weird but it's at least a little different i guess i mean the, the mid one, i call it, you call it the mint ones with the gold um like the ones that we're in tonight oh no 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 though yeah not those i was talking about the ones from two years ago when they first started doing like city and it was like the mint green. It was the one that uh, oh, Cantor, yeah, the ones that. Oh yeah, we can't. I was like, what the? Yeah, that's no, not even Celtic green. Um, like, what is that? But but it was like the ones that they did where it was like the most recent city edition before this most recent one, where it's like basically it's just inspired by a banner. They're like they're the honestly maybe the most basic ones they've done, but somehow works better than the others. Or like it's because Celtics says Boston Celtics somehow like more. Oh yeah, those were dope that. as hell. Yeah, those were the only thing that I I, I don't know and maybe this was in the jersey because I couldn't see everything. I would have loved it if if you turned it inside out, it just had like the numbers across like the back of the people who were retired. Probably like like in small that would have been sick. Like you're wearing Hall of Fame when you're back. It, it would have been even cool to like just. Imagine if they did that in the lining. So it's like your collar line. That's what I was talking names. about. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, yeah, yeah. I, that was talking about as the number. That's what I was talking about. Like right, right in the back, like around the shoulder blades and all that. It was just a number. Yeah, I was going to say shoulder blades, like lower part. Well, I guess you'd be tucked in. So like the waistband. Ooh, what if, what if with those banner jerseys on the back, everybody could pick a Hall of Fame or somebody who had their number retired and you can wear that number with that jersey? That would be sick. <laughs> Kind of how the, the bubble did, like, the justice and love and all that. Like, instead of doing that, it's just straight up, like, koozie. Like, that would be ill. Yeah. Like, not with his number, but, like, with your number. But it would just be, like, one of the people whose numbers are in the rafters. Or you can I, do, like, I, I feel like and, who's and, in the rafters. Yeah, I feel like some of them would need pre-approval, though. Or it's like, if you try and wear anything with Bird or 33... Larry no, no, no number. You know, you can't oh. wear that person's number. You just wear their name. Like how Bubble did. Like they had like love yeah. yeah and Larry, Larry and Bill Russell would still need to sign off. I think on theirs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't just be like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Bird today. Like, nah. You yeah, gotta be like, is he good? Peyton Pritchard be like, I'd like to wear Russell, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be sick. Like that's That'd that's one cool, of those though. things that only the Celtics and the Lakers could do. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool on it. It'd be kind of cool if the Yankees did that because their whole thing is no names on the back, except on players the weekend. Too many though. So they have too many though. There's more players though in baseball. So, but, 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 but 
if we've been honest, Ivan, there's going to be maybe 10 that people want to wear. Like, it's not like they're going to be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, how many times you going to be like, oh, who's the guy from 1919? Yeah, let me put him on there. Like, mm, mm. they're going to be like, Ruth? Who got anybody at Ruth yet? Anybody got yeah. Jeter? I'm like, Jeter just yeah. got retired. Bernie be like, Williams is going to be the last one off the rack. Dude, no, nah, he'd probably be one of my top three. Let me get Bernie. Oh, no, he, he, he'd be my number one. I love Bernie. But – but like I'm just saying, like I'm thinking about it, like when you're like eight years old and they're passing out your basketball uniforms. It's like, oh, oh, let me, let me number get number 13. three. Let me get number one. And number fourteen's the last one there. That's who's Bernie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, fourteen is a cool number. It'll be like seventeen. Like one of these numbers, you'd be like, "Am I a quarterback?" Well, yeah. You, well, usually ours only went one to fifteen. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was gonna be like, fifteen always went to the biggest kid because yeah. usually the biggest the number, size. For all of you who never played sports as children. The number is correlated with sizes. So if you were the start of the sizes, that's the smallest jersey. So literally, if you were a bigger kid at all, you had an awkward number. You got 14 and 15. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> there was no but question yeah. about what number Speaking you of which, did you see that uh, the NFL is going to start allowing more flexibility with jersey numbers? I don't, like- I don't believe it because literally less than 10 years ago, you could wear whatever number you want no matter what position you played. So someone made a good point. How many defensive player of the years does Jadavion Clowney have if he was still wearing number seven like he did in college? Zero. Zero. Jadavion Clowney is – Well, yeah, that's that's the true answer, not the fun answer. Oh, you want fun? He would have yeah, 13 four. even though he only played yeah. nine seasons. Yeah. <laughs> they would even two in one year. He, he would have had that Hank Aaron all-star voting. He was like, two all-stars in one year. Jadavion Clowney to me is – the diet version of, of Javon curse. Javon curse was a, a, a very hall of very good. And Jadavion Clowney to me is a diet version of that. What's Jeremiah Trotter up to these days. That's what I'm wondering about. Probably chilling. Number 55 swinging at ax baby. The 55. I thought he was 54. Is he 54? My mind yeah, is 55. He, was. he might be 54. 54. By the way, uh, total tangent. Shout out to Baylor, I guess, winning the national title, even though we, I was pulling for Zags. Listen, no, I was not pulling for the Zags at all. I told people Baylor was going to win. Didn't think it was going to be that close, and it was not that close. You know what I'm saying? So, Gonzaga's I didn't realize to that, confession. I didn't realize that Jalen Suggs is actually related to Terrell, though. Yeah. That, that was news yeah. to me. You couldn't tell by his small teeth. <laughs> no, <laughs> I gotta be honest. I didn't watch a second of the national championship, though. I was watching the Red Sox. That's where my priorities lie these days. But mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't really miss much. But you know, the Sixers just beat the Celtics by ten. We were up by like twenty, and then we put in all of the the guys on the bench, including myself. They texted me, but I told them I was on the pot, and we ended up only winning by ten. So we made it respectable. Congratulations. I mean, you, you guys should try and worry about beating playoff teams, you know? I mean, technically, your team is in the playoff. Are we? That's news. Yeah. yeah. You've been in a playoff. Oh, I, I, guess, I, guess, I guess it's because of that new playoff system, right? Mm-hmm. Your team also has two all-stars, which is not justified, but they're there, so. They scored a lot of points. We just talked about Bradley Beal, so. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> 
I'm tired. All right, we gotta adjust these record books. How everybody wants to talk shit about Wilt Chamberlain and it was a different era, and those points don't really hit the same way. These points don't hit the same way either. We gotta put an asterisk in a book. Like you can't. Like there's no way in that you can't look me in my eyes if I was a 15 year old kid and tell me, "Hey, your favorite player is gonna average 30 points a game for two straight seasons, and you will win a total of 40 games in two straight seasons, like a total combined." Yeah, even Paul, look Pierce, at you like Paul, Paul Pierce was dragging the lifeless Celtics when he was doing, what, 26 a game? And we were, like, winning 40 games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a season. Yeah, and we were taking, like, the Reggie Miller uh, Pacers to six or seven when they had Jermaine and Artest in them. And we had literally Paul Pierce. <laughs> and Riley Bill. And Marcus my, Banks. And Oh, Marcus Banks was a great defender. Iverson says it. But, and to my knowledge... Bradley Bill's never been stabbed. So what's his excuse? Nothing. And, you know, the beauty of Paul Pierce, as we've seen this week, is he makes no excuses. He will explain himself to no one. I don't understand the Paul Pierce. Thing. I, saw the I think he wanted out. Uh, I, I've, I've the other thing is... There's also right, the wait, 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 of the Disney tell, thing. Wait, 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 wait. Before you tell me what you think, right? Let's do the fun answer like you said earlier. Okay. I'm going to give you three choices of why Paul Pierce posted that. And you tell me which one makes the most fun. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. First one is he is in his late, his mid 40s or his early 40s. And he thought he was sending it to his close friends on Instagram, but he posted it. On, on on his story, like every old person does when they first get social media. That's the first answer. Second answer is he didn't realize these chicks were actually dancing. He was just showing how tight his, his shape up is at this age. And and he realized, oh, I got to tag that girl, whatever her name is, after the fact. <laughs> and then the third answer is, third answer is, it wasn't even Paul Pierce. It wasn't, it wasn't him. Well, I was going to say all of the above until that one. I was going to say I was going to I was going to end it with that wasn't the truth, but you kind of stepped on it. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. So I do actually think it. Uh, he he first of all loved his shape. He loved his shape up that night. Um, <laughs> he he was feeling it. Um, the other one I thought you were going to go for was he didn't know he was posting it, or he didn't know the girls were dancing. He was just that high, which is also on the table. Um, some Kali though. I feel like there's no such thing as too high. Fair. We go for Um, no, I, I think it's mostly the first one. I think he probably meant to do it more privately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, let's let's not forget the emoji gate with him during the DeAndre Jordan sweepstakes with mm. the Clippers a few years ago, yeah. where everyone was tweeting out an emoji and he just found a picture from Google Images and copy pasted it. So we know he's not very good uh, with social media and being up to date. So I think he probably was trying to go like some private or like close friends thing. Uh, and he was not there. Uh, I think, listen, I, I bangs with Paul Pierce <laughs> as a player. I think he's the most overrated superstar of our generation. But I agree. I think he's a first ball of Hall of Famer. I think he has the greatest spin move in the history of professional basketball. I'll hold on to my opinions on that. But I think that it's – I personally don't like – and I get it. It's Disney. Like, I get it. I 100% get it. 
to why they believe they have to do this. But I personally don't understand how a company as big as ESPN can fire somebody. I know they said they parted ways mutually. To me, that means that you paid him a settlement because you didn't want him to work for you anymore. How can you tell a person who's in his 40s who was doing something that was 100% legal yep. and also wasn't really doing, he didn't do anything besides show his hairline. And You're just a videographer. You, just, you, you, like it's, it's one of those things where like, they also and, have Ray Lewis on payroll, which which I do think it's important. To and, and I was about to say that I think it I think it goes to how poor of a commentator Paul Pierce actually is, as opposed to what he did. Because we forgive people for worse things if they're talented. And if this is Paul Pierce still dribbling a basketball, they'd be like, "We're not getting rid of Paul Pierce." What are you talking about? But like him as a commentator has been so putrid to a lot of people, except for the people who are diehard Paul Pierce and Celtics fans. And even uh, some of them are like, I'm about to say, even some of them are like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know I, 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 mean? like, I don't think he get, I don't think he gets much defense of his takes from that angle, though. If Rachel, I, Nichols, I think even we're like, mm, if Rachel Nichols was ball. in a salon and there was a bunch of banana hammocks around her, they'd be like, hey, Rachel, take the next week off, come back, and, and we'll talk about it. I don't think yeah. that they would just be like, yeah, we out. Like, and, and there was no nudity. Like that's the. I, all right, you know how I feel about this. I am in the era of Allen Iverson. I like my shirts to be below my knee. Not on my knee, below my knee if we're going to play ball. That's kind of how I roll. If it's on my knee, they're just about too short. People today are rolling their shorts up so much that I can see so much man meat in those thighs that I'm just like, dog, what am I watching right now? And you yeah, going to tell I me mean, that a person who basically there's had the nothing same that thing. Paul did, there's nothing that Paul did that wouldn't be on the same level as taking some hardworking women to the TGI Fridays on City Line Ave. In a Bentley. Yeah. Like it is what it is. Like, and, and I think that that's really what it, I think he's just so poor at his job that it was like, okay, we can get rid of you and people won't say, like, oh, this is, this is, this is an easy out where people it's easy out, be like easy oh, out from this contract. Yeah. yeah. This contract isn't working out. Like, especially cause Antoine Walker is doing a really good job on FS1. Like I actually, I, I appreciate his takes. I appreciate what he's bringing to it. What, what do you kind of, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say that kind of goes into the fact that statistically speaking, the lesser players become the better commentators and coach because the greater players can't put it all together in a way in which normal layman people can understand. It, it which is a, a shout to people like T Mac who have actually done a very, I, mm -hmm. I feel like there's no, he doesn't get much shit. Mm -hmm. um, but wh where do you think Paul Pierce goes from here? Enjoy retirement. Why are you even working for ESPN? Paul Pierce made over two hundred million dollars in his career, especially not immediately. Yeah, like dude, like that's that's what that's what made retirement. that what made no sense to me was him going immediately to like full time at ESPN. When do you remember when they got that the 08 Celtics crew on Kate, uh, Area Twenty One? Oh yeah, for sure. When they would, they were all and, baked and out the of their out. mind. They were yeah, all they were baked done. out of their mind. Dude, I think and Pop I was, like, was done too. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Paul's going to chill. Good for him. He deserves it. And immediately he was like, no, nah, I'm going to work every day for ESPN. Like, no, that's not going to work. Like, I think well, I, I wouldn't be shocked. And I know they've already hinted at it. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he does something with Barstool or another one of those places where it's like, we don't care that you're I, as I think it would be dope. I think it would be dope if he went to FS1, Fox Sports 1, and him and Twan got a show together. No, him and Twan got a show together. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm down. 
Yeah, I think that will be real ill. I think that what Paul Pierce needs to do is when June rolls around, he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, he needs to bring the same dancers to accompany him to the stage. Yep. And I think he needs to look at any. I think he needs to look at them and be like, and like how Jordan was when he brought his high school coach and the dude who beat him out for the team. He needs to sit ESPN people in the crowd and just speak to them with the dancers behind him. Yep. I, I also would like to see, and I think he, I think people would tune into this because I think the tough part for Paul is he's gotten such a bad rap as a commentator that no one really actually wants to. We ain't doing that. He didn't get a bad rap as a commentator. He's a bad commentator. He's that's bad, not okay. the same thing. Even, even, okay, that's fair. He's a bad commentator. So people that's don't want to hear That's that Boston coming out. Commentary. You're like, I can't say it like that. Nah, that's, a fair, that's a fair point. So people don't want to hear his commentary. What I think he should do is basically do a pay-per-view live show where, like, I, I don't know what sites do this. Um like, because I know that people do like podcasts and stuff on Patreon or other like subscriber um, level things where it's like a couple dollars a month to subscribe. I think he would be more successful going away from commentary and just steering into this. And basically, you can pay $4 a month to watch Paul Pierce watch these basketball games mm-hmm. while he's blazed out of his mind with dancers around. And you hear more unfiltered thoughts. See, this goes to something that we used to talk about when we lived together. I truly believe that there is a lucrative market that is not being explored when it comes to sports television and the way how you can hit a button and you can go to Spanish. You should be able to go to um, unfiltered, unfiltered commentators and announcers for sports games. And I think that it should be like No Chill Gill. I think it should be Snoop. I think it should be Paul KG. Pierce. I think it should be Shannon Sharp. I think it should be KG. I think it should be legitimate dudes who know games or know the entertainment factor behind them just speaking the way that they want to speak. And the fact that that's not a thing yet is preposterous. But I mean, it is a thing on like podcasts, like podcasts do like watches and stuff like that. Right. But it's like, it's I'd love same. something where it's like, you can, you know, with like, you look at what Cameo does, right? Where it's like, you can, mm-hmm. I can pay, I don't know, Macaulay Culkin to wish you a happy birthday. Mm hmm. I would pay $5, like, for, honestly, a single game. I would watch Kevin Garnett unadulterated, you know, uncensored. Uh, yeah, I would watch Kevin Garnett watch a game for $5. Yeah. Just to remind people of how poor Paul Pierce is as a commentator, I'm going to give you his top five worst sports takes according to Ranker. <clears throat> By the way, that's – you could have stopped there. He has a list. <laughs> Doesn't I'm, I'm that gonna, say it? I'm going to go one to five out of five to one because one is just so preposterous. Is it the Dwayne that Wade the, one? Is, no, no, no. Saying that the Zion Duke team that also, that by the way, did not win the championship in college could have beaten the 2018-2019 Cavaliers. Sure. Mm-hmm. Number two, saying he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. Yep, there it is. <laughs> I'm going to repeat that. Number two. <laughs> he had a better career. Paul Pierce has never had a better year than Dwayne Wade. Yeah, that was a tough one. Like, come on, bro. Uh, number three, saying the Bucks had the Raptors after game two of the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals. And they lost four straight, right? Indeed. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, number four, calling the 2019 Celtics Bucks series round over after one game. Yeah, I remember that one. Which too. was game one. 
<laughs> I was happy. I was happy about that take in the moment, um, but I also dreaded what I knew it meant for us in the coming games. And then his fifth worst take of all time is saying that the Rockets will blow out the Warriors in Game Six of the 2019 Western Conference semifinals. Hey, shooter, shoot. Paul Pierce was not that great of a shooter, by the way. He's about as good as Carmelo. Carmelo is not that great of a shooter. Um, I'm about to say great scores, both of them great yeah. scores, top five mid range scores probably ever in the history of NBA. If you talk about three point line era, probably ever, both of those two. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Really, he should have. I mean, I, I guess it's you got to go for the outlandish takes and then you look smart in retrospect if it comes true, but. Man, at least try and reverse jinx for us. You know, Listen, he Paul should Pierce, have been like the Bucks are going to come back and win four straight. Uh, Paul Pierce is six seven. His career field goal percentage is four forty four and a half percent for his career. His three point percentage is thirty six point eight for his career. Shooter's going to shoot, but he ain't a shooter. I, he's a better shooter on the court than off, which is silver lining. He was a volume shooter in both, so I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 a perfect way to sum up his commentary career. He's just a volume shooter, but I, but I do not believe he should have been let go. I think that that's some that's yeah. some whack shit. I think that I think that ESPN. I mean, it's their right. Like it's a private company; they can do whatever they want. But yeah. I think that the fact I think it's a private company. But I think that the yeah. fact that they no no can, no no it's not because it's, it's a public company. They did. Well, it's Disney. Disney's publicly traded. But Disney owns several companies that aren't public. Yeah, I mean, they got ESPN itself isn't public, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like ESPN, Disney not the parent is. company. Yeah, yeah, like you can't buy stock in ESPN, no, but you, you can't can buy, buy stock, stock in, Disney. in ESPN. Yeah, so like I understand it, but when people do more controversial stuff than this that goes with the agenda, they might get promoted. But when they do stuff that is edgy but goes against the political narrative that they're trying to paint. They get let go, which is what a lot of companies do. But I don't agree with a lot of companies do anyway. So th- this is like more disappointing than like, and I'm a guy who is, a, is is a Boston Celtics hater. I'll go on record and say that I appreciate Paul Pierce, but I'm not in love with his basketball career. And I think that this is some BS, honestly. Yeah, um, it, it's one of those. It, I mean, you just knew it was happening like it, it was expected. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it's crazy to let him go for it. You know, it could have been something, you know, it's one of those things, and I do think it's a good point that it comes down to just how he is as a commentator because I I think it is something where if it was a big deal, they could have just suspended him for a couple weeks. People would have, like, joked about it for a few more days then kind of moved on to the next thing because that's just what the life cycle is in social media. Um, it wasn't that big of a deal. No, it was not Honestly, it wasn't even. It's not like he. It's not like he live streamed from the ESPN Instagram. Yeah, like it. Like that, that's a good point. It wasn't even like a small deal, really. <laughs> it's just like it was a Friday night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Getting a haircut, putting oxtail sauce. Yeah, yeah, putting oxtail sauce in your scalp so that you don't see the grays. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it was. It was a normal night out for the Pierce. And, and it's a productive night when you don't get stabbed. So that's always good. You dig? Like, I, I think that, I don't know, man. Like, I think that these major companies, we applaud them 
for optics, but we don't look deeper than the optics until we realize, wait, that's some bullshit. Why are you doing that? Like, it doesn't like you can't you can't look me in my face and tell me that you care about women's issues and then silence the women who weren't allowed to go to the Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao fight to report on it. Like right. that kind of shit is crazy to me. Yeah, there's higher, <laughs> like, it's, worse stuff than what Pierce was doing. And, and doing them elite, like a lot of this shit that people do higher up are illegal. Right. And I'm not one, I don't follow, I don't follow unjust laws. So I was going to put that out there. I've done illegal shit in my life. But the shit that people out here are doing who make a lot of money, that shit ain't unjust laws. <laughs> a lot of that shit is like, yeah, it's like there, there's who? been sexual, you know, harassment. I'm sure, you know, not I'm sure, like I know. Yeah. At ESPN, it's like I'm sure that's been swept way under the rug. Yeah, because they do great work, whoever it was. And if Paul Pierce was just a little better on the commentary lens, he would just been uh, told to stay home for a week or two, which he's already home because it's quarantine, but stay home for a week or two and then holler at us uh, at the start of May. And then we'll we'll touch this over. See, one place where he could get away with being a bad commentator would be like if he became the next Tommy Heinsohn. And just started doing color for the Celtics, where you're allowed to be emotional and kind of crazy. See, but, but that, that would push Scal out of a job. So, but I also don't think that's bad commentary. I think that you got to look at the commentary in the lens of who you're doing commentary for and what you're talking. That's true. About. Tommy I was think. never like, "I'm better than Larry Bird." Yeah, yeah. And and if you are doing commentary for the team you play for and the team that you're a fan of, you're supposed to be irrational. Like to me, that comes with the. I feel like that's part of the job description. Are you going to tell the truth or your truth? Yeah, I remember <laughs> like that's when, when he when he died. One of the writers um, uh, said, "For Tommy, he he was basically like he never left you wondering where he stood. Uh, mm. It was never about right or wrong, or no, it was uh, it was never about fairness. It was about the right and wrong being done to the Celtics." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you find wait, wait, if you find that quote, can you send it to me? I want to I want to keep yeah. that forever. Like that yeah. is dope. That is that's dope. That that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I'll find it for you, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm literally gonna screenshot that. I might even get that blown. So I was thinking about getting certain things blown up because I don't know if you've seen over top of my fireplace. Yes, people have a fireplace in my hair. Um, but like I was gonna put the quote that Mac Miller got framed, and I was gonna and I'll put something like that up. Like I just want to put quotes from people like the one where Jay Z tweeted that Mac Miller was nice and he had it framed in his house. <laughs> I want to put the picture of Mac Miller in front of the tweet. Like that's what I want to put up somewhere in my apartment. I think it was Bob Ryan. Of course, because it, it was him or Shaughnessy, but I think it's Bob Ryan. Yeah. So let me. By the way, um, Reese just saw me fist pumping because the Red Sox just hit a game tying home run in the bottom of the ninth. So things are you playing at home? See. They are. Family magic. They're undefeated at night so far. Um, if you're been down, a nice change when they're one and three in the next three years, and I'm saying next three years, I'm using that because this COVID situation you don't really know what's happening with it. If you are down, I would love to go because I, I love baseball more than people probably realize, and I think that I love baseball more than the average person in America still. I would look because I've heard that the only place to ever be on an opening game is Fenway Park, like, there's no other part that can even compare to a first day of baseball in the next three years if we plan it out would you be down to go to opening day at Fenway with your boy yeah of course I'm always down to go to Fenway with anyone anytime I'm I'm always down 
I've only been. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of times they don't. Where were you, like just like out on the street, just outside of Fenway, because we were like in Boston, like, searching for sushi burritos. This is when sushi burritos became a thing, and we was like, "Oh, Fenway's down here. Let's go down here." And so we just saw all of the statues and all that kind of stuff. We went to the gift shop and all that, but there was no game happening, so we couldn't go in. Yeah, Fenway is like my happy place, especially mm-hmm. having worked there for a summer. Like, honestly, I, I, I've probably even told you this. My favorite part or my favorite moments working at Fenway for a summer was either working on a non-game day where I would be doing like office work. It's like, all right, time for lunch. And it's like, all right, where should I eat lunch today? Oh, I'm just going to go sit up on the monster. Mm. (laughs) Or like, uh, but honestly, the best part was sometimes when we had to work like the late shift. So like lost and found all comes to one place at the end of the game from all the different gates or whatever. So there's one of the gates where you're there for, like an hour after the game instead of 20 minutes before you can like keep going. And the, the nights crowded? No, well, it was just like, so, so like the home plate gate was like, you know, that was the spot. And then, so it was like, you would, cause we were fan services. So we had little setups in like right field, left field, um, you know, where it's like, all right, lost and found, but like basically, so they had to stay at their spots for 20 minutes after. And then they would bring anything that they had to me but also, you know, that's just where the most foot traffic was. So they wanted you there a little bit later. Um, but like, so, you know, you think about what that means for a game, you know, you're the, out there at 11, probably at the earliest, but like, and you walk back up to the office, return anything that was there, blah, 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 whatever. Cool. And then I would just go sit in like the stands for another like 20 minutes. Like, take that, it dude, it like lights off. Like, like it literally felt like you're the only one there when, and and like at a place like Fenway, if anyone hasn't, you know, been there or, you know, for whatever reason has a non understanding of which I can't imagine many people would, that would listen to this. It's a cathedral of history in Mm -hmm. the sport of baseball. Um, So it's just like, you know, you kind of just look at it and you're like, it's a, you know, the stuff I got to do that summer will is like stuff that will literally stay with me forever. Of just I think being able Fenway, to like Fenway should be on the registry for like national treasure list. Like, you know how like we have like landmarks? I think that Fenway should be on that landmark list if it's not already. Yeah, I don't know if it is. It should be like a national or like a state park or something. I think it should be national because America baseball is America's pastime because of all the wartime and how it helped us get through. And you can't tell the story about baseball without Fenway Park. I mean, yeah, so to, like, put it in, to put it in historical pers- perspective, Fenway Park opened the same day the Titanic sank. Come on, man. <laughs> like, that's a long-ass time ago. Oh, that's insane. And it, it's, it's, it's so old. Like, the, the seats of the grandstand were put in in the 30s, and they're mm-hmm. still there. Um, you know, everyone knows the monster, but, you know, it's just everything about it is history. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's literally my happy place. And that like, that's where, that's where I go. If I need, you know, if I, if I don't need like pure solitude, that that's, that's my happy place is anywhere near Fenway. All right. So I'm actually top three things to do. Once you actually enter the park, you can say that it's places that you should go get some snacks, some food, uh, Ooh. things that you should read or look at. Cause you know, they have like the walls of fame and all uh-huh. that. Um, so give me your top three things. Once you make it past security, what should you do once you enter Fenway? 
That's a good question. I always think there's cool stuff you can do on the concourse. So I'll get to that. I think there's just something beautiful about the way, like I would say, walk down a couple sections, walk down a couple sections in the concourse. And the reason I say that instead of just going straight up one of the vomitories into the stadium is I think it's kind of cool. You get the little buildup because the way it's built is you go up the ramp into the stands. And so when you're walking down, you just kind of see up and you just, you see little bits, especially if you're going down, like if you go in gate D, which is at home plate and you're going out towards right field, you just see mm-hmm. the little bits of the monster. And then there's just the, the buildup of energy and sound as you walk up into the stands, do that before you do anything else. Just stand there for a minute, take it all in. Remember where you are. Cause it's dope. Oh, um, dope. The other thing, it's it's funny because like I feel like my opinion on the, as a diehard Red Sox fan is kind of skewed. You probably got to no, go but, to the but, Red but I want I want your opinion. I want your opinion wholeheartedly, no matter even if it's skewed. I want your opinion. You got to go to the red seat. Um, you got to go to the red seat where allegedly uh, Ted Williams hit a home run too. Um, just, he didn't. Not at least to that. Point. <laughs> uh, um, and, and I'm just saying. Uh, that, so I was laughing. What did Ted Williams allegedly do? Uh, the story is there was a man sitting there in a straw hat taking a nap. Ted Williams hit about 502 feet into the man's hat. Longest home run in Fenway Park history. Which he may have done that. First of all, probably not. Just based on the way. Well, 502 is probably doable for someone like him mm-hmm. but that seat is definitely more than 502 feet away <laughs> and i know this because david ortiz in his prime used to take a metal bat out there to bp and he could never come close so it's not 502 feet i i also know that there's <laughs> you know my other favorite part of shadiness of the 502 story is Manny Ramirez hit a ball over over the monster that one hopped onto the Mass Pike Highway, which is like a street and a half over. And they were like, just call it 501. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but go to the red seat. It's a great view of That's the... That's like a Negro League story. That's like a really Negro is. League story. It really is, yeah. Um but the red seat's cool take a picture it's a great view of the stadium um where else would i go yeah i mean like the big thing is you got one more you got one more yeah i know there's so many walls so i'm not gonna pick like any one wall of like oh go see that okay there's just so much cool stuff in there on the wall so like take some time to walk around they got old news articles there's a cool wall where it's like, here's all the movies that have been filmed at Fenway. Oh, that's Ill. Um, that's really so kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, that, that one's a little bit more hidden than like the main concourse. Um, that's on the right field side, probably around like under section 14 ish of the grandstand. Um, okay. So like, it, it's kind of, if, if you, if you're going from home plate and you reach the first aid area, you've gone too far. Um, I, that's not going to help many people unless someone's going to Fenway like literally tomorrow and needed to know that. <laughs> um, the third thing I would say, because the other thing is there's also some really cool stuff. 
that you just, unless you have certain tickets, won't have access to. Like, you're not going to be able to just go up on the monster. Um, mm. You won't be able to go down a hallway that I think is really cool. It's in, like, the premium suites area. Um, but it's just all the Sports Illustrated covers with the Red Sox on them. Oh, that's um, Which is kind of just dope, like, walking all the way down a hallway. Um, even some of the bad ones, which I think is kind of cool. They're just like, yeah, no, we were it's the duality of man. Um, but I think what I would do is go up to the right field roof deck. Um, I think the last name, cause it's sponsored. I think right now it's still the bud deck. Um, so it's kind of the overhang. Um, yeah. in right field. So it's like uh, just basically the bleachers out in right and right center and center are just their own entity. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a big galley and then it starts the grandstands. And so above all that is the bud deck. Um, it's just a really cool place. They've got like a full bar set up up there. Um, like it's a little bit more loungy, um, kind of a little more modern. Um, so, so I think that's kind of a cool place to go um, and get, just like a food, you know, food, drink, but you know, and it's just, you can see everything like it, it oversees okay. everything. So it's kind yeah. of obviously across from the monster. Like it, that's a much more non baseball historian angle than I'd probably like to take, but it's good for like anyone that's in your company. Um, like there's, but there's so many places. I'm trying to think if there's like one food item that I'm like, that's worth getting. Um, Maybe out on formerly Yaki Way, now Jersey Street, you can get a lobster roll. You can get steak tips that are like outside the park, but they count as inside the park. Those are good. Um, But it's so funny because a lot of mine now is like what I do is I go to Gate D, the fan services booth, because there's a guy, Al Green, who's got to be one of the greatest singers of all time. Yeah, well, it's not that Al Green. <laughs> I mean, it might be. That like I said, there's a guy Al Green. I was like, yeah, there's definitely a guy named. So Al Green. He, he's been working at Fenway since the like literally since like the late 40s or 50s. Mm. He's from Barbados, absolute legend of a human being. Every time I'm there, I go visit him, steal some of his chicken fingers from <laughs> like food services. It's just. Like literally, I just I don't even pay for my waters if I'm anymore. I just drop in. I was like, hey, Al, what's good? I'm just gonna take some waters real quick. Um, no, but there, there's some great spots. It's so funny how much Fenway's changed even since I was going there as a kid. Like they've just got full bars in a few different parts of the park. So it's like even if you're there with a bunch, like some people that really want to watch the game, some people that don't, it's really good. The other thing that I would probably say is a better experience than people would think it might be just get a standing room ticket up on the monster. It's a total standing room tickets. It's like, people are like, I don't want to stand for three, three and a half hours. The monster is worth standing on. I used uh, to get standing room tickets to like anything. Like we, I I remember they used to sell standing room tickets to the Sixers when we were like rocking, like before Joel and Ben and all of them were like crazy. It would be like, listen, you're not getting in here with Iverson. So do you want to just stand and watch the TV? He's like, you can do that. I base the standing room tickets to baseball games because you get to walk around the park. You can take seats if there are no, if nobody's attending them. You know what I mean? That's the other thing with monster ones is 
you'll probably not get an opening on the monster. But like you could, you know, the fact that you'll have access to the monsters, huge, enormous. Mm -hmm. And even if you're like, there are people with the green monster, there is access to it. That's huge. It's enormous. Not talking about the wall, talking about the fact you have access. See what he did. I see. Yep. And uh, it's one of the few non-red Coca-Cola logos too is up there. So there's, there's your history for the day. Um, Cocaine Cola. That it is, but yeah, no, because even if you're there for like four innings, and you're like, okay, let's go find a seat somewhere. Probably yeah. good. Um, but yeah, Fenway is an interesting one. There's so much history there. There's very few unobstructed views, like pure unobstructed views of the entire park. Um, That's how even the, even, there, even no the best seat. seats. No, there's but no bad seat of citizens at all. See, that's Zero. the funny thing. Fenway kind of everywhere is a bad seat. It's like <laughs> the opposite. Like it's so historic. It's like there's no cantilever. Everything's held up by a pole that will obstruct some part of the field from you. Or it's just like the dimensions where it's like you could have a seat front row in front of the plate. You're not going to be able to see the right field corner. Cause just the way that it moves, like it's so weird that you can have great seats and you're still, there's still certain points you're not going to be able to see. But I just think that that adds such an interesting element to the stadium. Like honestly, that right field roof deck probably is the most unobstructed view of the mm. stadium. Um, so that, that's why I really like sitting up there, the state street pavilion that they have kind of up on that fourth level. Very, very good. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we I could do a full episode on on Fenway. But um, speaking of episodes, just because we've been going for a little while now, um, you I assume have watched episode three, Falcon Winter Soldier, as we've been recapping you know, each and every week. I've seen it all. I don't know why I just did that, but yeah, I've seen it. What do you think? <clears throat> pretty big pretty big cameo at the end which we can get to but if we want to go zoom just said that like oh set a professional audio and audio settings we hear that there's somebody singing i'm like hey, trust me these are not <laughs> professional audio settings <laughs> uh, singing was, is not what i would call that screeching maybe there was <laughs> r.i.p screech there were three major cameos in it but two we knew was going to happen and i think right. that that's that's my biggest gripe with the whole episode is that we knew that two major cameos were coming we didn't know that they were not well we know one of them was coming in this episode but we didn't know both of them were coming in this episode and i like how dark this i mean it's not really dark it was dark for disney it's gritty how how you yeah it's gritty yeah it's gritty for disney though like it's like you see a person yeah, it, well it's like it's like foul it's like uh captain america winter soldier gritty i think it's more gritty than that because captain america winter soldier still is kind of bubblegummy like it was like uh, okay like but like we're watching we're seeing blood in this series but we're yeah. not seeing like some like gushing so like it's it's definitely more gritty than typical disney stuff however it does feel like I mean, no, rewind. I like how gritty it is when it comes to showing the the aftermath of everything that happens with the Avengers, kind of how the Age of Ultron was and kind of how, um, like, after that, it was like, yeah, we got to get this shit together. Like, something's like, we can't keep doing this the same way because we are causing harm to people. I like that aspect of it. I like that they're showing them as humans. I like that. That's kind of how it goes. I, however, I don't like how it seems like 
maybe I do like this. So I'm not sure. I got something different about this point. I'm not sure how I feel about how everybody who is doing wrong are living better than everybody who allegedly did right. Like, if you think about it, Zemo is, is, is a fucking wealthy human being. Um, everybody who's been an outcast so far outside of, like, Bucky and the Falcon have great lives. They may not have the life they want, but their life seems pretty fucking dope. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's awesome. Um, it just feels like the heroes are getting the shortest end of the stick, especially Sam. And I'm not sure if they're going to tie that all together, but like the cameo at the end makes me believe that they are going to try to tie it together because what's what's a greater a greater heads up than watching the greatest black nation ever. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, oh, okay, everybody's struggling, but here's the greatest black nation in the history of nations. So I'm a little bit indifferent about that aspect of it. I thought the episode wasn't really remarkable, though. Like, I thought that, like, it was a lot of shit that happened, but I, I, I got finished with it. I was like, okay, that was it. So I, I kind of felt similarly, and it made a little more sense when I learned, because it, it the vibe I got from this episode was almost very John Wick-esque. Mm, okay. Just a just a lot of combat. Literally a scene where they're being chased as they put a huge bounty on their heads. And then I learned okay. it was written by this episode was written by the writer of John Wick of the John mm. Wick movies. And I was like, okay. okay, that makes sense. Um I I thought it I didn't like it as much as the previous episode. I I liked it, but like you said, there was nothing that was super wowing to me. Um apart from the last cameo that we didn't know was coming in this series, um, which uh, upon rewatching it was really kind of dope because if you watch when they're in the storage container areas mm-hmm. and Bucky just rips a pole off and kind of uses it as a spear, mm-hmm. it was very reminiscent to how the Wakandan uh, warriors fight. Mm-hmm. Um yep. Which I, I think was kind of a cool touch. It was like, okay, maybe maybe he learned to picked up a couple of things living mm-hmm. out there. The white wolf. Um, yeah, the white wolf. Um, I would have to assume that this is going to be how they also tie in Chadwick's death. Will be in I don't this. Think so. You don't think? No, I don't think so because this, unless I'm messing up the timeline, but this is right after Endgame. It's like six months. Yeah, yeah, right after Endgame. And I feel like the second Black Panther movie is going to take place like a lot after Endgame. So I feel like since that one's coming up and it's going to be coming out, I think, in 2022. I think it's 2022. Um, I think that I don't even think they're going to talk about his death in this one. I think they're going to talk about the soldiers of Wakanda more than anything because the soldiers of Wakanda are the ones who keep everything safe until they need the big guns of like the king. Right. You know what I mean? So like, I think that that might be what it is, but it could be, I mean, it could be dope if they do tie it in some type of way, but I I worry that it'll be too heavy handed because everything Sam's going through and then you throw in the fucking black Panther, who is a way dober character than the Falcon. It can kind of like water down with Sam. who's going through. It's like, Oh, you can't get alone. I I feel like they'll make some sort of, yeah, they, they may not explicitly say it, I think they're going to make some sort of transitionary comment mm. because I, I, I did see this was filmed after Chadwick 
or, or they wrapped after Chadwick passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely something where I feel like they wouldn't have a Wakanda sequence unless they had a plan. So I'm, I'm but do you do you think that takes away the steam from the next Black Panther movie where they can just make it all about that? That's life? why I don't think that they'll say explicitly. Maybe they, 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 maybe they don't say that he, eventually they'll have to say he died. Um, you know, I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can write him off in a way like Thor currently, right? Where like Thor's kind of passed the mantle of King to Valkyrie. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, if, if new Asgard was, dealing with shit like yeah thor's gonna show up <laughs> like, but, the, but the thing about that is though in the comic books from what i found out i like i i never read a black in the comic book but in the comic books his sister takes over anyway right. so i don't think that they yeah. have to i actually don't even know if they have to really articulate that he died i think is it could just be like several years has passed and shuri has taken the throne you know what i'm saying like it's a passive comment. i think they have to address it somehow where it's like okay well where is he and it's like, you know, just just yeah. from a comic book angle of like, there's going to be a conflict and he doesn't show up at all. You know I what I mean? mean? Like, could, yeah, like, but they did say they did go on record and say that they will never show him like dying in this in anything. Right. So it could, it could be that like the Black Panther has relinquished the throne to show like it could be like right, like a whole nother part of the story. Yeah, it'll be but interesting I, to see what they do. But I think what, the, what this one is, but I, I think that they I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb. Like I'm, I'm going to take the the three to one odds on this one. I'm just making up odds. Okay, they no, won't no, even, we're, we're going to we're going to take the Paul Pierce odds here. They won't even they won't even mention Chadwick or the Black Panther. Like the actual like when it comes to what's happening with it, because and this, this is, is just a warrior task to go get Zemo. No, 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 not even that. Because Captain America is so big that it would take away from everybody's focus on the real main character of the series, which is Captain America. I think that it would literally just suck the air out of the Captain American cells. And I don't mean, I think it would, I I think it would. I I just think, yeah, I just think it's one of those things where the MCU has gotten so big where it's like, I feel like sometimes it's more intertwined where it's like, they have no problem mixing and matching, but I can definitely see that, that angle. Um, I liked some of the callbacks. The um the the moving your seat up one was a great little <laughs> mini mini callback uh to Civil War. You're not gonna move uh, your seat up, are you? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um loved uh the the how different they made they're kind of continuing the differences of the Captain Americas, where mm-hmm. it's like he's dropping the do you know who I am? <laughs> I also just love that the dude's like, yeah, I know who you are. I, re- I really don't care. <laughs> Dog, you ain't shit. <laughs> That's so sobering. You know who I am? I do. Back of the line. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, you know, but it was that thing of like, all right, you're Captain America. Cool. You're not an Avenger. Yeah. Um, But also. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I know this is only six episodes. I don't know how. Or five, I can't remember. But I don't know how I feel. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how I feel about how quickly those two characters are progressing into their final forms. Maybe it's because I grew up with Dragon Ball Z, where it took eight, 80 episodes for you to see some Michael Super Saiyan. But it just feels like Captain America and Battlestar, I believe is his name. 
Yeah. They're they're just progressing so rapidly into being like in the ignoramuses that we know that they're supposed to be. Yeah, it, it six episodes always was gonna feel short. Not for me. Remember, I was on record. I was like, yeah, I was like, this has to I literally said this has to be a five, six, or seven episode series. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have liked almost just longer episodes. Like almost like uh like like how Game of Thrones was supposed to be. Right. That that was the that was what I was gonna say was the most recent Game of Thrones where it's like you know you're gonna have a lot of story to tell, right? Mm-hmm. Why handcuff yourself? See, I think that the way that they told the story was the issue as opposed to the length of the episodes. I think that they shouldn't have introduced a new Captain America in like in like one episode. Like it should have been like that should have been like last three episodes where that gets introduced and maybe that leads into different series series that they, maybe that leads into the what if series you know what i'm saying like yeah. maybe maybe that's how they should have did it instead of it being like the fact that we now have a new captain america that's a star character in the show that's not about captain america but it's always about captain america it kind of takes away a little bit as opposed like the anguish is still there the anger is still there but all of the stuff i think all of the emotions that bucky and sam were going through as it relates to the og captain america you can still have those without there being a new captain america yeah i I think so too i I think there's gonna be more of that though it's like i do think there's gonna be i still think there's gotta be some sort of change coming of the captain america mantle um but on a more happy note, did this episode give us the funniest line of the series so far with the Trouble Man discussion? Hmm. I don't know if it gave us the funniest. It might have given us the most enjoyable. Okay. Like, I, 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 that... I, I laughed out loud. I did at, too. Yeah. And I don't laugh out loud watching things by myself very often. But I, I even took a note of the actual pieces discussing Marvin Gaye's uh, the Trouble Man soundtrack that mm-hmm. Sam, of course, had suggested to Captain America was in the book that Bucky now has. Um, but Zemo then taking the, the, the stand and saying, it is a masterpiece, James, complete, comprehensive. It captures the <laughs> African-American experience. And it just cuts to Sam being fully disgusted and just saying, <laughs> he's out of line. But he's right. <laughs> he's out of pocket, but he's on the right line here. Yeah, Which I just yeah. thought was so funny. It was just cool. the, it was the way that he presented it to uh, Zemo, almost like he was um, an art curator, it, like holding up to a, a piece of art on the wall, saying, "Oh, you know, it just captures the experience." You know, I, I just thought it was so funny. Yeah. No. No. I'm- I can dig it. Like I, 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 I'm right there with you. It's. I think it was most the most enjoyable. I think it's the most enjoyable dialogue of the entire series thus far. Um, I think that when it I was comes gonna say to, it's probably that or the the big three one, where it just felt like a Mackie improv line. The uh, the uh, what did you say? Sorcerers or just wizards without hats? Like like the, that that back and forth. That was the yeah. only one I would put on that same level. I, w- I would also put on the same level of um, if you include the in the house conversation, in the house conversation with the black Captain America, Sam and Bucky and oh, yeah. to the street. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that there's been amazing. But I think funny, you can go back to the bl- oh black kid. Like, you can oh, go back to that one, being yeah. funny. You know what I mean? So, like, funny, I don't think it's the funniest, but I think it's the best piece of dialogue, most enjoyable dialogue that we've had so far in the show. It, it, it speaks to a lot of different things. It just... 
like I'm happy that this is a mini series. I mean, all of them are kind of sort of mini series, but like I'm happy that this is six episodes because they're mentioning Cap so freaking much that like I get it. Like I, I get it. I hundred percent get it. Like I would love, I would love it in these six episodes if there's one episode that's just entitled without Cap and they don't mention them at all. Like, oh, no I want to. I want to see what happens. No Cap. No, no Cap. cap. <laughs> there we go. No Cap. Yeah, I just want to see what happens. I just want to see what happens because yeah, I, I feel like this is why they did the mini series is I mean I guess they could have just been like okay Sam's Captain America but I feel like they were like okay we need to figure out a way to actually make this organically happen where we're showing grief but we also don't want to waste a full movie on doing this so we'll turn it into a mini series and develop it, these it could be dope if the they just days. literally started the series out with the title screen that says Captain America's dead. And then you just go right into it. You're like, oh see, shit. That, 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 so see, that's, what I, that's what I kind of thought they were going to do with the series uh, was to have the first episode be like his funeral. That's what I thought it might have been. Could have been dope. Um, and it was but just that's, you know, that's that a ceremony dark, of the I think. shield. I think that's yeah. a little too dark for Disney. You know what I'm saying? Like where like it's cool if somebody snaps their fingers and they get obliterated, but showing the first Avenger dying is like, hold on, bro. What you guys trying to do here? I mean, they've done funerals. Not with Captain America, bro. People who have had funerals except for Tony Stark, that didn't really matter. I mean, yeah, yeah Peggy Carter's wasn't quite the same. Come on, dog. Come on. Captain America was there, though. So they have done funerals with Captain, Captain America. Captain America's 109 years old. He's been to a lot of funerals. Yeah. Uh, that that was another one of the funniest moments, actually. Mm-hmm. Was the, the unirate. How old are you? 106? Oh, that's uh, that was funny. another good one. Yeah. <laughs> or the one where uh who's the woman and she was like oh you think she's too old for me he's like she is such and such years though she's she's too old for everybody <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh that's good yeah you, you know who i'd love to add to the dynamic of the falcon and the winter soldier as it currently stands would be uh remember Luis from the ant-man movies see i the ant-man movies are to me comedic relief no, to me, top four of the 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 Marvel universe when it comes to to communities. Like to me, the Ant Man movies are top four in all of of the Marvel universe when it comes to continuity. I think that cast. I mean, Tia is no longer part of the cast because of the allegations, which is a, is a conversation we can have at a later date. But I think that the cast of Ant Man is top four against any cast of any of the marvel movie i mean any of the any of the marvel movies like as a complete cast i think it works better than nearly everything else that they have out there so to take one person out and put him in here it almost feel like that person is making up for a shortcoming of another show or another movie yeah that'd be true yeah i'm curious to see what they do from here there's still like it feels like there's just so much that needs to happen in three episodes <laughs> right for it to be like a, a truly satisfying close um so we'll, we'll see what happens i do think still that sam will end up with the mantle or at least the shield i think um, bucky will you think bucky ends up so, so that, it's, it's interesting you say that because I, I was gonna throw that out there as a possibility just because there's been he's had a lot more talk where he's like Sam was like, oh, maybe I should have just destroyed this shield. And Bucky was like, no, fuck you. I'm just going to take it then for me. Mm-hmm. I think Bucky ends up with it. I really do. I think Sam realizes that, especially with them introducing the first black Captain America and how terrible of an experience he had. I think Sam looks at this like, 
this shield means more than a person who wields it. And in general, I mean less than the people who has the opportunity to wield it. So why would I right to what to where it would be a blessing for Bucky? It could be a curse for him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the man can't get a loan, and we're giving him the Captain America shield. I think that I think he had the right, the first right to a refusal, which he did. He might even get a second right to refusal, which he might take. I think at the end of the day, Bucky ends up with it, which I'm okay with, but it feels cheap. Like it feels cheap. It's like, oh, you're the oldest. You're the oldest uh, of one of these genetically modified soldiers that's still left. You were Captain America's best friend. It only makes sense that you will wield the shield when it's like we would never give Bucky the shield based upon all of the shit that he's done. Right. That's not like progression. It's just it feels cheap. It feels like an easy yeah. answer. I I still think. Is there anyone that you're not looking at now? Bucky, by the way. I yeah, love no. Bucky, so heavy. Yeah. That, that, for sure, as do I. Um, at this point, three episodes to go, halfway through. Is there anyone that you're looking at as like a sleeper pick for like they're sketchy, they're very suspect as being bad, or you know, with the introduction of the power broker, whoever that mm-hmm. may be, who I think could be Sharon or some relation to Sharon in what she's been up to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's so, Sharon or Zemo. You think it could be Zemo? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I've known many people who've done uh, illegal activity while they were arrested. <laughs> so I'm, 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 ah, money, money will get you because they didn't even how is it that the Avengers didn't know this guy was wealthy? Like, how did they not know that about this person? So they probably didn't even think that he had this power and he probably was in prison. Like, listen, uh, I can buy your mom a house. Just send this note for me. I did love that little quip though. Like it, it's like there's been a lot of those where it's like, oh, I didn't know you were rich. And it's like, yeah, my family was really rich until your friends killed them all. My family was royalty until you destroyed our country. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh yeah. my bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, they did do that. <laughs> yeah, like it, I think that I think that it, I think the power broker is either Sharon or Zemo. Um, I think that I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this series, we don't feel that great about any of the main characters. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all because I think that they all... I mean, WandaVision her- ended a lot like that. But I didn't really care about how I felt about any of those characters during I, the entire no, thing. I, don't like, wrong, this neither, is so not, Neither did I, but I like at the end... But this one is... You don't come away being like, okay, she's definitely still an Avenger. We can definitely still turn to her. But, but this show is built off of the deep emotional turmoil that the characters are going through like everybody has deep like, there hasn't grief, been one yeah. person yeah there hasn't been one person who's had more than three scenes in this entire show who you're like damn their life is kind of shitty like it's like yeah everybody that pops demons up. right now everybody so like like even the I people think, that you're supposed to root against yeah like, damn, i, I kind of feel bad the super soldiers, I'm like, damn, I understand. Yeah, she probably should have blown up the building. But like, I that was a bad look. But but it was like she just watched someone. I, you know, we don't know the relation. Someone that she clearly cares about die. Um, and everywhere she goes, they're shooting at her. Like, all right, all right. <laughs> like right. And, and it's like you know, even you know, as much as they want you to hate the new Captain America, it's like even you can find some empathy there and be like, yeah, he seemed well intentioned. And he's just had the biggest pressure put on him, and he knows that no one wants to like him. You know how I like. I think this this series should end like the last the last scene in the sixth episode. Somehow, Battlestar ends up with the shield. 
the credits roll, and then at the end you just see Deadpool with the show like, oh yeah, I thought that was really gonna be the end. That's more. That's as likely as if I had it. Like, and it just yeah. goes off, and it'll be like Deadpool yeah. will return. I'm like, ah. Oh! <laughs> I, I think they'd started teasing that they're gonna have where they used to have Stan Lee cameos. There's just gonna be Deadpool cameos now. I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of rather have either. Wolverine cameos because how he always how the X Men aren't really part of this, but they kind of sort of are part of this. Like, I, it doesn't even have to be like a real life Wolverine. It could just be a poster or like a book or like his. Or yeah, like his, I think they could do that with Deadpool too. Because he, he's in that the, realm. But I like Deadpool not really being part of it, where it's just like like the like the X-Men are really in it, but they just can't mention them because of the legal reasons. Now they can. But like like I love the fact that Deadpool's on those fringes and he's just he lives it and he leans into it super heavy. And Ryan Reynolds is about to I'm calling it now. It's eleven oh three on April sixth, twenty twenty one. Ryan Reynolds is about to have a run where we're sick of Ryan Reynolds. It's starting in 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 a month. I, from from it's April, starting? dude. He's starting. been balling for a while. No, 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 no. I'm balling, not balling. That's not what I'm saying. He's about to have a run where we're seeing way too much Ryan Reynolds being the same person in way too many things. That's what I'm talking about. Not that like we like we all appreciate Ryan Reynolds. What he's in is dope. But Ryan Reynolds over the last five years has done a good job of not being around. Like he does the one, maybe two things a year. And there's like, oh, Ryan Reynolds is in this. And he's, he's about to have a run. Money too. He just made bank on his gin, too. Dude, he's about to have a run where we're like. Does he have a ton of stuff coming out? Mark my words, Ivan. April 2021, for the next year or so, we're about to be like, Ryan Reynolds, sit the fuck down, dog. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I could. Ryan Reynolds. I don't know that I could dislike Ryan Reynolds. I also do love, as kind of like a sneaky, connected piece, that. Uh, the new Captain America is played by Wyatt Russell, son of Kurt Russell, who played one of the most underrated villains, I guess you could call him, in the MCU. Hmm. So I feel like he doesn't get thrown out there as a good villain, but he was very good in that storyline. Why would you consider him a villain? But that was that's that was the one hesitation is if he's a villain. Do you want to tell the people what you're talking about? He played Ego, the what planet he was, right? Is that right? My memory correctly? Uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I, I guess I, a villain may not be the right word. He was antagonist. the antagonist. Yes, yes. That was the word I was seeking. Uh, he was the antagonist of that particular story. But I feel he was a very good one. It, it was a classic Marvel one where there was complexities to it. Mm-hmm. Um, where you realize that a lot of times, you know, I think that's what they've always done better than other superhero movies, apart from say like the Dark Knight, is add the more human element to it, the human complexity element of the superhero story, which is, I feel like, not a trope mm. that's used enough. I don't think Dark Knight did that with the hero. I thought they did it more with the villain or the antagonist. Right. That, but that's yeah. more of me. It's just in general. Oh, okay. like I feel like a lot of superheroes are kind of like cut and dry, all good, all bad. Where mm-hmm. it's like you watch, uh, you know, it's like uh, even Captain America, the Winter Soldier. It's like you end up realizing, oh, this villain. Like he he's not a villain. Like he was a guy that we were that's rooting why, towards a hero. To that's why I think Civil War was so important because Civil War added everyone was a hero and a villain, stuff. all of them. Yeah. Every everybody, depending on how you felt that day, you rooting for one side over the other. Like there there was no 
I think that Civil War was one of the few times that people who are considered like nerds of this type of stuff had to pick a side. Like it couldn't be I'm on the hero side. There are no heroes. There yeah, are I think no that's villains. A, They're I, all I the think same. That's the cool thing about Marvel too is like everyone pretty much loves Zemo as a character. Yeah, I think or they like the idea everyone loves of Zemo. Loki. Everyone loves Loki though. Yeah, everybody do fuck with Loki. But it's like, and then it's like, oh, this Captain America, he's a war hero, the new one. And it's like, nah, fuck that guy. <laughs> he ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's perfect? Fuck him. Yeah. Oh, he does a cool thing with his helmet. Yeah, get out of here. Oh, you jumped on eight grenades? Uh, high fives. Like, the shit that we don't like is insane as human beings. Yeah, it, it's pettiness for sure. Listen, I'm cool with it. But, like, to wrap this whole thing up, I hope the next three episodes... I feel like it's starting to Will we feel... see GSP back. Yeah, we'll see GSP back. I'm, I'm starting to feel, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm starting to feel like things are rushing. Like the third episode, so much shit happened, and it still wasn't like remarkable. That. Like, it was I, I like, felt oh, that, oh, and the problem was the problem. The biggest problem I had with that was how opposite it was to like episode one, where like that was kind of the Game of Thrones thing again, where I was like. Episode one was cool. It gave us a little backstory. Mm-hmm. Sam's dealing with family shit. Bucky's in therapy. Dope. That's mm-hmm. all that happened in episode one, really, in, in retrospect. Like, we saw him give it the shield, and then those two things. Like, those were the three plot points. And then there was so much that happened in the last episode where it's like, you know, it was almost the Game of Thrones thing where it's like, you, excuse me, handcuffed yourself with X amount of episodes didn't get a ton done in the first one or two and then you're just like okay we need to fit everything else in which is wild too because no episode has been 50 minutes i don't think yet so like you could extend the episode if you needed to in order for make it an hour and 15 if you wanted to yeah yeah it's just it, it just feels like like that last episode so much shit happened like each Every major point of that of episode three could have been its own episode. And I must go out for the third time and say, it. I didn't feel like the episode had anything that was remarkable about it, even though so much should happen, which is almost like a tragedy. And it was still enjoyable. Not saying like it wasn't enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I liked it. But I wasn't like, like, I haven't rewatched it because I'm like, I don't think I need to rewatch it. I, I know exactly how it happened and what happened. I, I want to rewatch it all. Like maybe this weekend I'll rewatch it all before the new episode. Uh, new episodes on Friday, but like I'm not sure. Like it's just one of those things where I'm like, are we doing the we rushing to the finish line thing, or are we really feeling like we're uh, because the fact that you have characters who are literally living in exile, like the people who have been the main characters of episode three, all of them have either lived in exile or are currently living in exile, whether it be prison, whether it be a different country, and. We're just breezing over that to be like, yeah, you know, these super soldiers are still here. It's like, hold on, yeah. Like, are we really going that deep into this other storyline without mentioning the people who we actually have whole movies about? Yeah, and the big danger part of rushing to the finish line is maybe I'm wrong. I can't imagine this is the finish line for those characters. Mm -mm. No, it won't be. So it's like you, you can't afford to rush to the finish line. With Thrones, it was like, it's over. Deal with it. Uh, but Where it's like, but you, you know, if, if we're in the next Avengers movie and there's still these unanswered questions because of how it was rushed in this series, like that's going to be a problem. But I don't think there's going to be another Avengers movie for a, quite a while. Like, I, don't, I really do. They've got to develop everyone a little bit more. All the new, I, I think the next blood. Avengers movie might come in five years, which sounds like a lot of time. But in Marvel, that's not that much time because the next Black like Panther 10, movie is coming. That's like 
12, 13 more movies. Yeah, because the black next Black Panther movie, if I'm not mistaken, is coming in 2022, There's, but the last one so came out Doctor in 2019. Strange. Yeah, well, I was going to say, even look, Black Widow's coming out this summer, Spider-Man in the uh, in December, Doctor Strange next year, Black Panther's either next year or the following. Mm-hmm. And, and that's two plus, years. That's two years pl- right Plus there. Loki, um, which the, the another trailer just dropped yesterday, mm-hmm. plus all the other shows that they're doing. So, yeah, they, they got... They're going to be moving. Um, and they're working on another Guardians, I think. And another yeah, Thor. Oh, and Thor. Yeah. Yeah, Thor was the other one I was thinking of. Um, yeah. Uh, last point, I guess, on that is it was interesting to see a new side of Sharon because we hadn't really seen her. She's about that action, clearly. She about that action, boss. Yes. Thank you. That was the reference I was making. Um <laughs> Because we hadn't really seen that from her. We saw a little bit of it in Winter Soldier, um, but not. And then Civil War, really, she didn't have any of that, um, unless I'm forgetting something major. Um, she was she's in big, large while Sam can get a bank loan in his own city. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that one's so crazy to me. It's like when he was like, how do you get paid? On good faith? I don't know. We're fucking Avengers. Like, <laughs> usually we get taken care of. Yeah. Also, still not a good look for Pepper and Stark, the Stark company, <laughs> uh, that you can't give out 50K. Listen, I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm going to end it here. Uh, I don't feel it, it's fucked up for Stark and Pepper, but I look at it like this. If the major companies in reality world America are using, indentured servitude slavery sweatshops whatever you want to call them for us to actually have all of the goods that we use in america i can understand why stark industries became a non-profit so these motherfuckers weren't getting paid <laughs> like, it's the american way baby it, it that it is it's an unfortunate truth an inconvenient truth at that but uh we'll call it there i i hope i'm hoping that we can write the ship because i think episode two is really good this last one less less than that um but hopefully you know we can write the ship here for the final three episodes um same goes for everyone's baseball seasons hopefully it's a long one not too bothered by covid in any way um i'm scared to see what the covid numbers are going to look like coming out of the rangers uh from this last weekend with full capacity uh and a appearing to be very little mask usage from what I saw. Um, so hopefully uh, they can keep the doors open for when I'm fully vaccinated to go to the Red Sox games down here. But yeah, and my last point, last point I'm going to say is, you know, if you go and do anything and, and it's rough out there and you feel like there's no way back and you feel like there may not be hope and you feel like you're drowning at, or you're treading water, just remember, fuck hope, do dope. But also prayers for DMX. <laughs> we out. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what this is, nigga? <laughs> when this shit come on the club. We got London on the track. Hey, ARs over here, they bought like gold bottles. 47s over here, they bought like gold bottles. Ain't no bitches you know in your sex and you got no bottles. Nigga, we winning over here, we popping gold bottles. Tell me why my red look like them gold bottles.
with soda. Give a fuck about that rap shit, really done it with soda. Got me put in your city, then that's what happened, promoter. Give a fuck if it day count it, be more of Dakota. My nigga taught me to cook it, yeah, you know it was over. See, I didn't wait no time, I went and went be a rover. Had me in that new pussy, just like a new Maserati. Talking wax on wax on, just like a Mr. Miyagi. Don't make a light up that being boy, like that scene off a belly. Run with them lunatics, dirty and G like they Nelly. I spend a meal on my hood, I like fuck a Bugatti. Cause when you get to Vermeer, they think that you Luminati. Oh, they love them gold bottles Extend those for my foe, they pop like gold bottles.